Welcome to the Dag Heward Mills podcast. Dag Heward Mills podcast is a broadcast outreach of Dag Heward Mills Ministries, which has the duty to bring you the very best from the vast teaching archive of healing evangelist, best-selling author, and megachurch pastor, Dag Heward Mills. A warm welcome to you this Wednesday. To be merry is to be happy, excited, and joyful. And today, Bishop Dag will help you learn why Christians must take up the opportunity to be happy in this life. Christians are supposed to be full of joy and ought to be excited when we reflect on all that the Lord has done for us. Today, Bishop Dag will teach you why Christians are supposed to operate with a spirit of joy and not depression. God wants you to decide to be a permanent merrymaker and today you will learn about the oil of gladness and how it should replace any garment of heaviness in your life. Enjoy the word. Amen. Father, we thank you for this morning. Thank you for an opportunity to come before your holy word. We ask for direction of your spirit. We ask that none of us would leave this place the same as we came. We thank you, Father, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Well, I'm also happy to be back. Um, I bring you greetings from uh, the churches. I visited the churches, the lighthouse churches in Holland, Amsterdam, Toronto, Canada, New York City, uh, Silver Springs, Maryland, Virginia, and Worcester, Massachusetts. Amen. And um, they are all doing, they are all doing very well in all these places. It's wonderful to just travel and travel and travel, and you go and you you meet lighthouse people there, singing, praising, serving the Lord. It's a very nice thing, and. Uh, those of you who will be traveling in future, I see you traveling. There are going to be churches there for you to go into. I see people who are in the worship choir, people who are ashes, and it's wonderful to see them there established, being blessed. So we really thank the Lord. And they are all growing, um, doing very well. The pastors are uh, anointed, well-trained, loyal men of God and uh, we thank God for their lives I also attended a uh, conference in Tulsa Oklahoma Kenneth Hagin's um, winter Bible seminar and that was a very powerful time um, it was a very powerful time uh, it's, it's, it's an understatement but it was very moving to see a man of God 80 Three years old, 82, 83 years old, ministering the word. And uh, I, I was in um, another place in a, in a Bible school, Billy Joe Dottie's Bible school, and I was talking to one uh, brother there or man there who is a historian, and he was saying one of the things that Kenneth Hagin said uh, years ago, he told certain people who were doing certain things, you know, there were, there were people who were doing all sorts of Weird things, you know, like every few years there's an outbreak of people having prophecies and 
doing various manifestations, different things which are not clearly in the word. And Papa Hagen told them, I will be there when you are gone because I'm preaching the word. You all pass away and I will still be around. And it has happened. They are all not there and he's still there preaching the word of God. And um, that, that is a really solid testimony about the word. That really the main thing is the word. You know, and that those who stick to the word last longer than those who just follow fancy things and every new wave that comes around. You know, and, and that's why we must really value the word and place emphasis on the word. And not accept anything when it's not from the word. You know, there are so many Christians who want to have something new, something strange. There's nothing new under the sun, the Bible says. If you are looking for something, you know, strange, there are a lot of strange people around ready to give you strange deals. And you may feel goosebumps and you may feel certain things, but uh, the word is still the word. And that all these things will pass and at the end of the day, the word will still be there. Amen. And uh, I was also happy when I found out that uh, my book on ministerial ethics, you people, you don't buy the books. I'm writing the books here. You don't buy them. I went to Tulsa, Oklahoma. I found my book on ministerial ethics was being used by Billy Joe Doughty's Bible School. Now, that is the book they are using in ethics. Amen. You know, I, when I spoke to their Bible School director, uh, he said, your name, sir. I was just uh, reading your book again today. And he said that that is a required book. So he's even written a recommendation for the book on the next uh, edition that is coming out. Amen. So, um, and there are many books on ethics in America by many people, but yeah, but from Colegono. <laughs> so I I want to say that sometimes you know you are you are very used to what is around, so it's like it's normal. You know, when I was in Amsterdam, we were watching some videos of church. Pastor Eddie was leading the praises. It was so nice. You know, you people don't know what you have. Pastor Eddie will be leading the praise. Say, hey, our God reigns. Our God reigns. Then you call. Jojo, your God doesn't reign. The way you are clapping, your God doesn't reign. And it was so nice. In fact, you don't know what you have till you go away. And then you realize that, in fact, you are really blessed. Hallelujah. So, uh, let's, let's value what we have. Amen. In time. Can I have an amen? amen. Alright, but it's good to be back home. And uh, remember that you are on TV. You see, and there are cameras everywhere. So, those of you who sleep in church, the whole world is going to see it. And then number two, we are not an orthodox church. Amen. So, it's not, we are not trying to be very safe or very, you know, strict or whatever. If the word is good, you can stand up and jump and shout. Is the word good? Yeah. <laughs> Hallelujah. All right. So let's keep on uh, uh, pressing out. And another thing that the Lord impressed on me when I was out there was that even though, you know, the Americans in America are doing very well, like in Tulsa. Uh, you know, you just turn on the television, you will see a man of God. You have Aura Roberts, he has his own TV station. We have uh, the Higgins, we have Billy Joe, Carlton Pearson. Name them, they are all there, especially in Tulsa. I don't know how come that place 
has so many men of God and big churches, many, many big churches. And I realized one thing, that even though they are doing a lot there in America, very little of what they are doing affects the souls here. And I realized that the souls here in Ghana, in West Africa, in Africa, their salvation depends on us. Because they too, they are concerned with the millions of souls over there in America. They have ghettos, they have poor people over there as well. They have people who don't know Christ. Millions and millions. Most of America does not believe in God. They don't believe in Christ. So they are also working very hard. And it's our duty over here, where we are, to rise up and do our part for our own people. Can I have an amen? Amen. It's very, very important because God has raised up men of God who have been faithful and their ministry has gone beyond certain walls. It has affected the whole world virtually. But you realize that the mainstay of their ministry is to their own people. Kenneth Hagin has never, very rarely has he ever traveled outside America. Ever, hardly. This is books and tapes. That's why books and tapes are very important. Amen. And... um, uh, uh, you find out that the salvation you realize that I realize Pastor Billy Joe Dorothy said they are very outreach oriented doing crusade but rarely do they their ministry come this way let's say to Sunyani just Sunyani Sunyani is a regional capital how much more the other places a friend of mine was telling me uh, two days ago he said uh, one of his house helps was um, uh, had, had gone home and he, had, he, he was going to the village to, to, to find her or to take her back or something. He said they had to park by the road and walk through the forest for one and a half hours before they came to the place where she stays. You, you, you get what I'm saying? There are people in this country who vote. Yeah. When the election results come, you see millions of people. But where are those people? They are in the country. Kenneth Hagin in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma is not going to reach the people in our forest. We in this Accra have to reach the people in our forests at the back here and have to do our part. That's why we have to go on television. And that's why we must, we must pay. Because you see, every Sunday I'm going to do an altar call on the television now. And we are, going to, we are preaching to people and we, 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 we minister to people in their rooms. Yesterday I was standing by the roadside and somebody come and just stopped. Is that Reverend Hewitt Mills? I said, yeah. I said, where do I? So I know you from television. <laughs> Amen. So you realize that what we are doing in our little corner here is beginning to go out. Although Metro TV is a bit limited now, it's going to expand. And I believe we are going to go more and further and do more on TV. Not just even church services, but ministering in different ways. And we have to support it. We have to do it. God will bless us because we do it. I said God will bless us because we do it. Hallelujah. So let's do our part, and I believe with all my heart that the Lord is going to bless us. We are studying the book of James, turn to James chapter 5. I don't know if you know that we are actually studying the book of James in the third service, right? We've been doing it for some years. Amen. If you can remember, um, uh, we talked about so many things. um, Be patient, the law, the patience of Job, and grudge not. Remember four types of grudges we looked at. I've heard of the patience of Job, 
Uh, is anyone afflicted? Let him pray. And then we talk about 100% answered prayer. All right. So we are actually studying the book of James, but whenever we take an excursion, it goes far. Eventually we come back. Amen. And today we are coming right back to the book of James. And I want us to read from verse number 12. James chapter 5, uh, verse 12. James chapter 5. And we're going to read verse number 12. All right. Uh, for a few minutes. We just have about 20 minutes to the end of the service. And then um, we continue next week. James chapter 5, verse 12. Ready, go. My brethren, swear not, neither by heaven, neither by the earth, neither by any other oath, but let your yea be yea, and your nay be nay, lest ye fall into condemnation. Is any afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Amen. Verse 15. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. They shall be forgiven him. But let's read verse 13 again. Is any among you afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let him sing psalms. Amen. Amen. Now, we studied, if it, is anyone afflicted, let him pray. And so we studied uh, why how to have uh, seven steps to having 100% answered prayer. Is that not so? And I, would, I want to advise any of you who uh, want to pray and have results when you pray, make sure you get those tapes. They are available. You can buy them. You will be blessed. Now, we want to move on today. Is any merry, let him sing psalms. To be merry means to be happy. All right? And it means to be excited, to be joyful. And the Bible is saying, is anybody happy? Has anybody been blessed? Is there anyone who is full of joy? Let him sing psalms. Alright? Now, what the Bible is telling us here is that Christians can be happy as well. Hallelujah. I said Christians can make merry. And Christians also have an opportunity to make Merry or to be merry makers. Everybody say merry maker. Now every Christian has an opportunity to be happy in this life. And God is blessing us and God will bless us. Now the problem is that when Christians want to be happy or want to be excited and they don't know how to do it and sometimes Christians Go out there and do what the world does when the world is happy. Many years ago, in 1988, I did uh, an exam in, the, in the school, medical school. It was my fifth year, I believe. After the exam, I was not sure whether I had passed or not, or I had failed. But I was very worried, but we were all very worried. Because uh, the way the exam went... I didn't know except by my faith whether I was in or out. So I went to see one of the lecturers, not went to see him, but just saw him on my way out. And I said to him, sir, I failed you. And he looked at me and he laughed. I said, don't worry. 
Go and booze. Go and booze tonight. You are okay. He was telling me, in other words, to go and rejoice, to start making merry. <laughs> he was telling me to start being happy. You know, and the way that many people make merry is by, is by doing what? Boozing and, and doing all sorts of things that are not Christian. Are you there or you've gone home? So a Christian must know what to do when you want to be happy or when you are happy. Amen. So that's why the Bible says, is anyone happy? You get what I'm saying? For instance, if a Christian has a problem, like the Bible says, any afflicted, let him do this. Let him pray. The unbeliever may go and see his juju man. He may go and see a fetish. He may do something else. But you, the Christian, pray if there's trouble. Amen. Amen. Is anyone happy or merry? Let him sing psalms. Are you there or you've gone home? Now, before we even get into what to do when you are happy, you understand? Uh, We have to establish the fact that Christians are supposed to be very happy people. Christians are supposed to be excited, as Reverend Saki says. We are supposed to be full of joy. Hallelujah. We ought to sing and shout all day long because of what the Lord has done for us. If you are a Christian, you must know that you are not supposed to be depressed. You are not supposed to be down. Somebody said, but all the things around me are down. I see you up in Jesus' name from today. God wants you from today to decide to be a permanent merrymaker. And he's going to show you how to be a merrymaker. But you have to know that you are a Christian. And because you are a Christian, there are many, 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 many reasons why you must be a merrymaker. You have, you have more than enough reason to be happy and to be joyful and in fact if you are not happy and joyful the lord would look at you and wonder whether you are one of his children or you are a stepchild sometimes it's the stepchildren who you know will be wondering whether they are really children or half children or real children a step away from really being a child amen so let me give you about 20 or more reasons why you should be a merrymaker. <laughs> Amen. As a Christian. Now turn with me to turn with me to um, Psalm 51. You can write 20 reasons why you should be how to be a Christian merrymaker. Amen. Why you must be a Christian merrymaker. Psalm 51. Quickly, please. Psalm 51. It says, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me 
the joy of my salvation. And uphold me with thy free spirit. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. Now the first reason why a Christian must be a merry maker, a happy person. God has replaced the garment of sorrow and depression with the oil of joy. Hallelujah. For the garment of heaviness. Now, the first reason is because your salvation in itself has joy in it. There's a lot of joy for you being saved. Now, let me tell you. You see, before I became a born-again Christian, Christianity was boring to me. I would go to church on Sundays and I would see uh, people singing hymns, reading out things, canticles, and reading out things from prayer books. It was all meaningless to me. In fact, I never read the Bible myself. It was boring to me. It was dry to me. There was, no, there was nothing interesting about Christianity. In fact, I can remember that when I used to go to church, I went to church because my parents made me go to church. And when I got to church, I was just waiting for the service to be over. How many have experienced that before? My favorite priest was the priest who said, whenever we were singing a hymn, he would say, we shall sing the first and last stanzas only. <laughs> How many have been happy before when the priest said, we are singing the first and last? Because that thing was boring. How many have been bored in church before? I mean, this lifeless thing. No meaning. No life. Dead. And I was genuinely bored with, with the whole idea of good. I waited for church to be over so that I could just meet some friends. But when I got saved, really saved, I don't mean going to church. Because going to church does not mean you are a Christian. Being a member of whatever church does not mean that you are a Christian. And you are going to find out that real Christians, when Jesus comes again, the Bible says, Ten virgins were there at the wedding. Five were taken and five were left behind. We will see. Even in this church, you will find that some people are not really Christians. Because the church is getting bigger and bigger. And so there are people who are just joining because that is what people are doing. Hallelujah. And there are people who are not really Christians. But they are amongst us. Hallelujah. So I am saying this morning... That when you actually become born again, you have a certain joy. Now, if you have not experienced that, as you listen to me, that joy, then you are not a real Christian. And let me tell you, there can sometimes be a very fine line between being a real Christian and not being a Christian. There are people who are like Christians, but they are not Christians. There are people who are moral. They are principled. Often such people become school prefects. They don't do any bad thing. They say, I don't like smoking because it's not good for my health. I don't uh, drink because I don't like it. I don't do this. I don't do that. They look very moral, very nice. But that does not mean that you are born again. That's right. Amen. Amen. And so you must understand that when you are born again, really born again, there is a joy. And that's why people see young people in church and people are clapping and dancing and they wonder. It's real. Are they really happy? Yeah. Yeah. 
Are you really happy? What makes you happy? Why are you happy? Sometimes you, you wonder, yeah, people are jumping and dancing. They don't have even thousand CDs in their pocket. That is why, that is why David prayed and said, Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. There is a joy that comes just because you are saved. And that is why Christians must be happy people. And we are happy people. I said we are happy people. One of the first reasons why you must be a merrymaker is because you are born again. If you are not born again, you don't have anything to be happy about. In fact, you are in great danger. And you must be sure that you are born again. Because Jesus said, except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. No matter who you are, you may be high, you may be great, you may be rich, you may be poor, but except a man is born again, he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. That's why David was very worried. I don't want to lose that joy. I don't want to lose that joy. Now that I'm a Christian, I don't want to lose that joy. Reason number two. Turn with me to Jeremiah 15. The next reason why we Christians can be happy without any, you know, uh, real apparent reason that the world could relate with is because of the word of God. In Jeremiah chapter 15, if you read with me, verse 16, it says, Thy words were found, and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. For I am called by thy name, O Lord God of hosts. Hallelujah. He said, thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Have you found it? And I want you to underline that scripture in your Bible. That the word of God is joy the word is joy that's why sometimes when i'm preaching people start shouting because they are they are happy how many are happy when the word comes people get happy with the word but you see let, let me say something if you are not born again all these things don't mean much to you you see i'm saying again and i'm saying especially for the benefit of those watching by television that when you are not born again, these things don't mean much to you. Because I've been there before. I grew up, I was baptized on July 14th, 1963. Wow. <laughs> yes. I, that's when I was baptized. So I, and I was confirmed in 1978. I said, uh, what, but I was, not, I was not a Christian. These things had no meaning to me. I read my, I had a Bible, I never read it. I had a prayer book, I never read it. All these things were meaningless to me. But when I got born again, oh, oh, now the word means so much to me. Yeah. As I sat in Tulsa and then Papa Hagen was ministering the word, oh, it was something else for me. I just stood there. I was sitting with Pastor Joe. Pastor Joe just turned to me and said, wow, this is a very wild place that you have brought me to. Said, yeah, it's a very wild place. <laughs> And as you sit here and you receive the word, you see, when you are a Christian, the word means a lot to you. And you can sit down and be ministered to for hours. And somebody asks, why do you go to church every day? Ah, it's so nice to go to church. Is it not nice to go to church? 
And let me tell you, as you are listening to me, you see, if you don't enjoy the word, you don't enjoy your salvation, then you are either not a Christian or not a proper Christian. And I'm encouraging you to come right in line with the word of God. Amen. The next reason, the first reason is because of your salvation. Second reason, because of the word. And number three is because of what the Lord has done for you. Psalm 126. If you can turn with me. If you have a Bible, Psalm 126. It says, um, Then was our mouth filled with laughter, and our tongue with singing. Then said they among the heathen, The Lord has done great things for them. You see, when the Lord does great things for us, our mouths are filled with joy. How many have noticed that your praises are louder and more when the Lord has done great things for you? Hallelujah. Now, I want us to move on and look at some more, you see, promises in the word that I want us to rejoice over from now. And those are reasons why you must make merry. Now, I want to say something that there are many things we will never have if we don't have faith. Please hear me and hear me well. There are many things you will never experience if you don't have faith. You are listening to me. There are many of us who we desire husbands, we desire wives, we desire to have houses, cars, children, blessings of the Lord, happiness, peace, what have you, long life, health, name it. I am telling you that if you don't have faith, and you don't believe the promises of God, you will never experience them. So I want you to see there are many reasons why you must know the word, believe it, and be excited about it. Because in that word are your blessings. Hallelujah. The next reason why you must make merry is because the Lord is your shepherd. In Psalm 23, I want us to turn to it. Well, you probably know it. Psalm 23, I want you to see right there. That's the word. Now we are talking about the word. The word. I said the word. I said the word is good. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That is a good reason to be excited. The Lord is your shepherd you shall not want that's one of the best reasons why you can be happy today is because the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want you shall not want I said you shall not want any good thing in your life you will not need anything in, in this life you will not need anything because the Lord is your shepherd a sheep does not have to do anything. A sheep just has to follow. And if the Lord is your shepherd, all you have to do is to trust and to follow. And the Lord has given shepherds under the chief shepherd, which is the Lord Jesus. I am a shepherd. I am a pastor. And if you are part of this church, I am your shepherd. And so the Lord is shepherding you through me. And through other pastors within the church. And 
you must understand that one of the th- reasons that can make you very happy is to know that the Lord himself is your shepherd. You know some people are happy that so and so is my father. They say Mr. So and so is my father. My father is your father. And they will say Mr. So and so is your father. Do you know that who your father is makes a difference? If your father lives on Discouragement Avenue behind Poverty House it cannot make much difference to your future. Is that not so? But if your father lives at Prosperity Avenue next to Breakthrough Breakthrough Street it makes a difference for your future. Is that not so? There are people who receive houses as wedding presents. And there are others who receive glasses. Would you agree with me that there's a difference between six glasses and a house? Somebody is getting married and he receives a set of glasses. Six glasses. One, two, three, four, five. And they will all get broken in one year. But somebody receives a whole house. So who your father is or who your shepherd is is very, very important. Are you listening to me today? I said the Lord is your shepherd. And because the Lord is your shepherd, you shall not want. Now, we are moving into the miracle mode right now. What I'm speaking now is miracle. I'm sharing miracles by the word. Amen. Please take it note of what I'm saying very carefully. I don't want to. Look, our pastor from Kumasi was just telling me, you know, after the miracle wave service we had, he was saying that, he was telling me that these things are very spiritual. Because after that miracle, three-day miracle, the whole church has changed. Because especially, you know, as I was just ministering, especially cars. He said that what has changed in the church? He said it's just amazing. From the pastor downwards, all of them. (laughs) Take it. I said you will not want. (laughs) I said you won't want any good thing in this world. I said you don't need anything. Because the Lord is your shepherd. Satan is not your shepherd. If Satan was your shepherd, he would be taking you to the seaside. He'll be taking you to to distraction. He'll be taking you to destroy you. But the Lord is your shepherd. And you shall not want. Everybody think about whatever it is that it seems you want. And say, I don't want it. I don't need it. Because the Lord has given it to me. Amen. Amen. Think about it right now. Everybody say, I shall not want I am ministering to you. I say, I say, I shall not want it. I say, I shall not want it. Do you want to live long? Yes. I say, I shall not want it. Because the Lord shall give it to me. Do you want to prosper? Do you want to prosper? How many want to prosper in this life? You want to prosper in this? You shall not want. I say, you shall not want. Because the Lord is your shepherd. So you see, when you, when you read it and you believe it, there's a lot to shout about. There's a lot to shout about. So there's a lot to shout about. You shall not want. I declare it over your life. Let me tell you, we are living in an environment where we need miracles. How many know that you need a miracle in your life? Amen. We need miracles. I need a miracle. You need miracles. We need miracles even to stay alive. 
We need miracles to continue our lives. Some of you need miracles to get married. I see somebody having a miracle husband right now. Jesus said, it will not be a problem for you. There is a lady here, you are always afraid whether you will marry, whether you will not. But the Lord says to, for me to tell you that you shall not want for a husband. But he's your shepherd. Do you know, sometimes, sometimes when we have, sometimes we, we think of God in the wrong way. If you had a child and your child was sick, would you not do everything to make your child well? No, you think about it. If you were your father or a mother and you have a child, would you not move heaven and earth for your child to be well? I see God moving heaven and earth to get to your case, to let you be well. Sometimes we think about God in the wrong way and it hurts God. If you were a father and you gave birth to a daughter, would you not want your daughter to marry? <laughs> would you not move heaven and earth for your daughter to have a good husband? I see God moving heaven and earth to give you a good husband. you have a child and you are a blessed person would you not move heaven and earth to make sure that your child is prosperous in this life would you not send your child to the best school I see God sending you to the best school in town hallelujah hallelujah shepherd. I said the Lord is your shepherd from today. The Lord is your shepherd from today. The Lord is your shepherd from today. You shall not want any good thing. The Lord is providing for you. He's supplying for you. He's giving you miracles. I serve solutions. The Lord is your blessing. The Lord is your provider. The Lord is your healer. The Lord is your shepherd. The Lord is your blessing. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord is your blessing. Your shield and your defender. Amen. Amen. God is leading you to good places. He maketh me to lie down. God is causing you to rest now. I say, He's causing you to rest now. He's causing you to rest now. He's causing you to rest. He maketh me lie down. He said, lie down, lie down, lie down and rest. Your struggles are over. I said, your struggles are over. I said, your struggles are over. He makes you lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me by the still waters. And he restoreth my soul. God is restoring your soul. He is restoring everything that the devil has spoiled. God is restoring it again. Father, bless your people. 
Let them experience your mighty restoration. Restore their soul. Establish them, Lord. Show them that you are their shepherd. You are their heavenly father. Supply all their needs, O oh God. Fill their mouth with joy and rejoicing from today. Fill their mouth with laughter and excitement from today. Because you are their shepherd in the name of Jesus. Everybody stand to your feet and give the Lord a clap of Amen. Yea, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will not be afraid from today. I will not be afraid. I will not be afraid. I'm still preaching. Listen, do you know, do you know, do you know that, listen, listen, do you know that you are always in the shadow of death? Death is around, all around. Death is at the hospital, on the roads, everywhere. You, you see it all around you. But though you are walking nearby, you will not be afraid. I said you will not be afraid. God is doing something in this house tonight. Amen. I see miracles. As I see miracles taking place. I see miracles taking place. Sit down, sit down. Thou, thou preparest a table. Listen to me. If you were a father or a mother, I want everybody to think about it very carefully. If you were a father or a mother and you were preparing food for your child, would you prepare a snake in the plate? Would you, would you prepare poison for your child? Would you not give your child the very best food? I see God giving you the best in this life. You have the best. You have the best child. You have the best life. You have the best house. You have the best life in this life. You have the best. And your enemies will see it. And they will cry. I said they will cry. I said your enemy will cry. Somebody said, somebody said, somebody said, he's going to prepare a table for us in heaven. No, there are no enemies in heaven. The enemies are here. And God is preparing the things here for them to see with their eyes. People who said you wouldn't marry, they will live to see you marry. Now listen. God is telling us some people here who are not respected at all, but God is going to lift you up and cause you to be respected. Amen. Thou anointest my head with oil. Anointing is flowing in your life. 
I see God anointing you, blessing you. Surely, maybe, maybe, possibly, all things being equal. Surely, 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 come on, surely, 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 surely. Some people are always expecting the worst. But the Bible is telling me that surely goodness and mercies shall follow them. Shall follow who? It's following you now. I said it's following you now. It's following you to your house. And you shall dwell. You shall dwell. You shall dwell. You shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That, that means that one day you go to heaven. Listen to me. Hallelujah. It's happening live. See, the Bible says it's any merry. God, God knows we are going to be excited when we read, when we start reading the things. When we start reading this thing, we can't sit down. Because the thing says that surely, not all things being equal. Are all, when somebody says all things being equal, are all things equal? Oh, then it means it will never happen. Surely, surely, lift up your hand and thank the Lord for your blessings that are coming over your life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord Jesus. Lift up your hand and thank him that you are not going to die, you are going to live. Surely good things are not bad things, not evil things, not tragedies, not wickedness, not disease, not accident, not death, not calamity, not poverty, but goodness and mercies shall follow you all the days of your life. Blessed be the name of the Lord. God bless you for listening to this message. Visit www.daghewardmills.org today. For more audio and video messages, information on upcoming events, and so much more, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to receive new messages every single day. And remember, God has not given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind.